start the show. I'm here for you. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Ville House Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. You still salty about co-host? No, I'm over it. Are you? I've moved on to being salty about other things. Like what? I don't know. I'm sure there's something. You'll come up with something. Yeah, well. Woman logic. You've been being mean for three days. No, I'm ha- salty about that. No, I haven't. Don't. No. Uh, I'm not even going to start with you. Uh, that was an annoying sound. Just ignore that. Fast forward. Yeah. Anyways, co-host. Host. How are you doing, co-host? <laughs> I'm good, host. How are you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, so what do we got on uh, in store for you today? That's a good question. Well, you were like, go to this website and read this thing, and then you gave me no context. Yeah, so uh, it's because I've been thinking about this, like, and we'll get to the point, but like, I've been thinking about this a whole lot for like the past, I don't know, five or six years. <laughs> That's a, quite a, a long to think. Probably longer than that, um, and it just, I don't want to say it eats at me, uh, but I, it's, I'm just more conscious of it, and I don't know, it bothers me. I think we... Uh, I'll wait until you tell it. Yeah. You so say well, what it is. So okay. I'll just say, like, the, the premise around today is going to be time, or I guess more specifically is, like, the time that we have left. Um, In instances. Yeah, or the possible time that we have left. Yeah. Which, I mean, we'll get into it, but that's kind of the premise of today, and we'll probably go off on our little tangents and stuff, but... um. Here's what we're going to base it okay, off of. Before you start on your basis, I just want to let you know how upset I am that you're folding pages in your book. Well, I don't want to put like 10,000 bookmarks. You need sticky notes or something. Yeah, but then it tears the pages and the right. part that I want to read, it tears Side it off. Side note, a long time ago, when 2017, 18, uh, Yeah, probably like. Oh, no, this one was, I think, like 2018, At some point, I bought this book that is a Gigantor book. Tools of Titans. By? Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. And it's a bunch of short stories, question mark? Uh, they're based off of interviews that he's had with many successful people. People. But then I'm looking at the book right now. I normally don't pay attention to it because it was a, I would say, rather expensive Gigantor book. Um. And it's kind of like a coffee table book that you pick up and read occasionally. $30 to be precise. That's expensive for a book. Yes. Okay, but at any rate. Worth it. And now you have all these pages folded in it and I'm upset. Well, so I can do exactly what I'm doing now is to find that page because the folded pages are the important ones because I use this book as a tool because it's tools for Titans. And you're a Titan. It's got a wrench on it. Yeah. Because it's a tool. So anyways. Right. Uh, Back to the premise. Yeah. So this Tools for Titans book, if you've never read it, like go and do it. Also, Tribe of Mentors, his other, it's the same. It's like a gigant, gigantic book as well. Gigantic. Gigantic, <laughs> however. And it just has a bunch of great stuff. Like if you go back and actually sift through it, try to implement that stuff, it's great. Um, but one of these things, he was interviewing Matt Mullenweg, which I don't know exactly who he is. Um, but then he brought up this uh, this blog by Tim Urban, which I don't know who Tim Urban is either, but apparently he's like this really successful dude, and he runs this website called Wait But Why. Um, and anyways, he was talking about there's this one specific post blog post that's called The Tail End. And uh, so it alludes to like how much time we have left on earth and he he really tries to like put it in perspective which I'm constantly like in the back of my head always thinking about time and and like how much I have left with you with the kids with whoever else that's important to me how much time I have left to do whatever it is I'm trying to do with my life or just to simply enjoy it and uh one of the nuggets that Tim Ferriss pulls out um that highlight he highlights in this blog post like you can go read it. i haven't read the entire blog post i just kind of skimmed through it but it says um so one of the nuggets is uh it turns out 
that when I graduated from high school, I had already used up 93% of my in-person parent time. I'm now enjoying the last 5% of that. It's like a depressing thought when you think about it. It is. Yeah. It's very depressing. And to think that, yeah, most of the time that you spent with your parents, having dinner, socializing, seeing them on a day-to-day basis, like 93, probably now like 95% of that is done. And you're in that last 5%, which is true. Like I barely talk to them on the phone, much yeah. less see them in person. Um, I think for us, like being a military family and like leaving at such a young age, that makes sense. Um, and I mean, I guess you would just have to look at it perspectively retrospectively I don't know the right word for there but um, something it's like if you live in the same city as your parents you see them frequently but in short bursts so it would probably take you a month or a few weeks to equate the time of just like living with them for one day yeah uh, yeah I don't know it depends because oh man yeah maybe but like, even those short, short bursts, they're still a couple hours, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Like, like if you see your family, like, two hours twice a week, that's four hours. It would take you multiple weeks, almost a month, to add up to what you would typically see them for one day that you actually live with them. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Um I don't know. I think it's still because it's not take away like the holidays when they live in the same city and you can go see them on holidays and hang out with them. Like I think those are they're few and far between and it's not really like quality time. Yeah. I don't know. It's still a little bit of time. It's still not a lot. Like even if you live within the same city, I think that 90% 93% that he's talking about probably close to the same even if you live in the same in the same area as your parents oh yeah for sure i think definitely um i think probably in most cases i won't say all because it's definitely not all but in more than not like children who have a good relationship with their parents um live in that vicinity unless there's like an like you're away for college, but most people who go away for college go back to their hometown, you know, or um, however that works. But I feel like the majority of people probably still live in the vicinity of their parents in some sh- within a few hours time, you know. Um, whereas when you look at the different populace like that we're a part of, like military families, you could be in a whole different country or something like that. Um, yeah. But again looking at it from a different perspective is most people when they retire from the military they go back to wherever their families are like close maybe yeah. uh, some of them do i don't know I'd, I'd be i'd be interested to see the statistics on that to see how many people go back i mean or... how would you find those numbers though i don't know i don't know if they've been done yeah that's fair <laughs> um but yeah but i i mean it just it's kind of like uh and there's more graphics that he has on here to really like show how much time you really don't have. Uh, like he uses the Boston Red Sox as a graphic. Um, and based off of like how often he would visit the a Red Sox game and whatnot, he had like 20 visits left in his lifetime. So yeah, to understand that you have to read it. Um, Like the beginning part of that blog, I don't know if you read it or if you kind of just scanned through it, but it says there's like all these charts on here, basically like what you were talking about. But the beginning of the blog post starts out like you can look at it in years, months, weeks, and he has like charts for all this, right? Like based on a 90 year lifespan. But then he said, instead of looking at like days, years, months or whatever, look at it in order of events. So it's like... Okay, um, if I'm 34 and I'm guessing I'm going to be 90, between now and the time I turn 90, I have under 60 winters left. 
Yep. So it's he bases it on events versus like weeks, days, months, and it really puts into perspective how much time you don't have, <laughs> which is like I would say a depressing thought, but also like really brings to the forefront of how much time you just spend doing nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, and what what do they say? A third of your life is spent sleeping. Yeah. So take that away. Um, but and this is based off a ninety year lifespan. If you take the average lifespan, which is what like seventy five or something like that. Let's see. That is even average less time American that you have. Male lifespan. And even if you get up to seventy seven years. For so seventy seven years old, and even if you live up to ninety, like I would venture to guess, just looking at my grandparents. Um, like those last 10 years are not quality years. You're not going to be up and moving around and traveling. Maybe there's some old people that can do that at that age. Yeah. My grandparents were like my grandpa, my grandpa was pretty, he, he was mobile, mobile. up until yeah. like the last three or four years of his life. But he was walking around. That didn't mean like he was, traveling from these places going cross country to see sites or visit family or whatever it was just like he was active in his neighborhood took the bus to go get his haircut downtown and that's about the most traveling that he did yeah but i mean i think um i think that's more than most people at that age yeah yeah and that's what i'm saying like if you're lucky maybe you can be like that um but for the, especially now, like the way we consume stuff, like there is no way that you're gonna that the majority of people are gonna have that healthy or be that active in their elder years, like really elders, so like eighty plus. Yeah, I don't remember how old my grandma was when she passed away. That's terrible. But I do remember. Um, like, in her last few years, she was in a nursing home. She was not mobile. Like, she... I mean, she had Alzheimer's, which is a huge, like, detriment. You know, when people yeah. have Alzheimer's, they age way quicker. And um, But I just don't... I don't remember her... I mean, even in my high school years, like, she lived with us. We had to take care of her a lot of times. She was on a lot of medication. But I don't really remember a time, like, as she was an old lady when like um when she was just like able to go yeah, i don't like, ever like having quality years ever 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 remember my grandma driving yeah what well, shit my grandpa what he passed away last year yeah. last year and he was still driving and he was into his 80s 90s he was pretty old so he was up there and he was still driving up until he passed away last year um, my grandma the same way, like she's, I don't think she's driving now, but she was still driving around. Um, but like, that's rare. Yeah. Right. The, the, like most of the years are not going to be quality years. Uh, so that's like even less time that you have like to 93. do these. Yeah. Yeah. He was 93. So if we're lucky, right. If yeah. we're lucky, we can li live up to then and be able to be mobile like just be independent right that that's yeah, difficult in itself but like how much time you have left so like if the average age is 77 my parents are in their 60s that means i have like if that's the age they live up to 10 10 to 15 years left yeah, and you think, like, you only At, see them, like, once or twice a year. That's, like... Yeah. That's, so, that's 10 to 15 visits Yeah, if you see them once a year, which is kind of, like, the average on when we see our, our families in Texas and Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so, like, our parents... Um, and, like, we're lucky to, to have our parents to begin with, but then having that much left to think about it, that's nuts. And then you reverse it. Like, when we look at the kids and we think about when they graduate high school, like that's 90% of the time that would have been able to spend with them. Yeah. But then like the older that they get, uh, it's like, 
it breaks my heart a little bit more. It's like I'm happy, but it breaks my heart a little bit more because they they kind of detach from you a little bit more the older that they get. And you see that with the girls. Like, Ray is a teenager. Elena's getting into that phase, and Dallas is the baby, but she's, like, getting there where she's not always wants to be attached at your hip, although, like, she still does, yeah. right? And you see it, and I think about that, and I'm like, damn, man, like, time is going by way too fast. Yes. But then you look at it day by day, and it's like it kind of, it kind of drags on, and then it just come it hits you like in, like in, uh, like waves. a slap in the face, just yeah. like, oh man, like my baby is, she's eight now, and she's not like always running to me when I go and pick her up now, yeah. like how she used to, and it's uh, I don't know, time just goes by way too fast, but this like really puts it into perspective, like how much time you really have. The one, like, I mean, and he, what is this guy's name who wrote this? Tim Urban. He, like, broke down all this stuff in here. And, I mean, he breaks it down, like, really to hit everything that you could think of. Like, how many presidents do you have left in your life? How many, like, if you eat pizza once a month, then you're only going to have this many more chances to eat pizza. And you're like, God, there's so many. And I think it's tacos on the pizza one, which was really confusing to me. But who am yeah. I? But then there's a the the paragraph right after he talks about his parents and the nine three percent. He says the same thing about close friends like growing up with, and I constantly like think about the friends that I was growing up with and the times that we had, and you know just yeah. wishing that we still had that connection. Um, but I mean, everybody grows up, everybody goes their own path in life, and things change. People move away, responsibilities, priorities, all that comes into play but like this last paragraph and i'm gonna read it i know you don't like me reading but for for the listeners so the paragraph says the same often goes for old friends in high school i sat around playing hearts with the same four guys about five days a week in four years we probably racked up 700 group hangouts now scattered around the country with totally different lives and schedules the five of us are in the same room at the same time probably 10 days each decade decade so that's once a year, maybe. Um, this group is in its final 7%. So the last 7% of the time, that like that's all you're going to spend for the rest of your life. 7% of that time will be with friends. It's definitely like a... With um, those friends, sorry. It's definitely a, a thought-provoking question. And like when you look at... And the stuff he puts in here is like... I would call them attention grabbers. Like, I'm not basing the rest of my life on, like, how many more times I'm going to eat pizza, right? But when you, like, when you really pinpoint those certain things, like spending time with your parents or even your grandparents, if you still are, like, lucky enough to have grandparents. Um, And we talked about this the other day, but, like, my grandmother, so my mom's mom, um, we haven't been in Tennessee in a while to see her, you know, and like, we really need to make that time. And so that's the one that like, I don't want to say really gets me because like not seeing all of my family all the time is, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to like say what I'm trying to think, say. I think you realize without like ever voicing it that you realize that you don't have as much time with her as you do with other people yes <laughs> that but that sounds terrible when you say it like that. it, it right? does and you don't want to say it you don't want to like say okay like i need to see her because i don't have that much more time with her as i yeah. have with you but like you don't know how much time you're gonna have with any of these people right yeah um and then especially when i think about like like my dad he's sick you know like and i say sick but still like somewhat healthy so I don't think my brain fully comprehends, like, the extent of his illness, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like, you t- not that you ignore it, but you don't want to, you don't want to think about it all the time and just have yeah. it, like, eating it away at you, so you kind of try to, to block it out, um, yeah. because, ah, uh, you'll go crazy if that's all you think about, and, like, my dad does the same thing, so when I talk to him, he's like, he always, like, throws some slides it in yeah he slides it in casually like eh, it's gonna happen you know yeah. and i don't like hearing like i know it's gonna happen but i don't like hearing it and i don't like yeah. him saying it but it's like ah, you know 
who knows how much time I have left. Eh, maybe next year. Eh, maybe in a, in a few weeks. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, don't talk. <laughs> Dial it back. <laughs> or he'll say something like, yeah, if I'm around next year, this, this, this. <laughs> like, what? Like, stop, stop talking like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, in reality, like, I don't know if he's just comfortable with it or if he's just like, well, I'll just downplay it so it doesn't hurt everybody as, as much. much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think death is a taboo thing that like everyone is going to, it's going to happen to everyone. Right. But we just like when it happens, it's always a shock, even if it's not, you know? Yeah. And well, I wouldn't say a shock. It's always hurtful. Like when, yeah. like when my grandparents died, it wasn't a shock, but it still hurt a lot Yeah. because you know, they're no longer around and you can't ever reach out to them. It's just a, I don't know. I think like certain, and I'm definitely not one of these people. So like, I'm just talking right now, but I think some people just like come to terms with the fact that like, Hey, I'm going to die someday. And like, I'm okay with that. You know, for me, when I think about it, like, yes, do I know I'm going to die someday? Of course I do. But like, it's not, um, a rational thought to me of like death, you know, like I know it's going to happen, but it's not like, I only have this much time left before it happens or I need to do these many things before it happens. It's just like, oh yeah, it's going to happen at some point, but like, I'm not going to think about that point. Yeah. Um, but when you start reading stuff like articles like this, it's like, oh man, it's way closer than, um, than you really think about when you put it in context of like time spent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's too close and there's never enough time and I don't know, like, I want to say it's like after reading something like this, or you want to think that most people after reading something like this, their eyes are open, they're awake to like how much time they have left and they'll do something about it. But the chances are, you know, we're going to go back to our routine, to basically our comfort zones and just carry on how we have been carrying on because uh, like, I, I don't know, how do you... You you just want to take control of your time, and it seems like everything else uh, takes it away from you. I don't know, but like you were saying, like death and it's taboo or whatever, um, and people are comfortable with the idea that someday they're going to die, yeah. which like I've come to terms with, with that. Like at, at some point, I'm going to die. Who knows when, whatever. My fear is that I die with people depending on me. So like yeah. you guys, if I pass away today, like you guys would be like at this point, you're dependent on me. Yeah. Not com You're not completely dependent on me, but <laughs> you know what I mean, yes. right? Like we share a life together and the same and vice versa. Like I'm dependent on you. The girls are definitely dependent on yeah. us, right? Um, and that's my fear that like, if I were to pass away, I leave people that are depending on me. Like if I'm older, uh, I'm like my grandparents age. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like you're, I've done my part. You're independent. You're doing your thing. I'm just there to enjoy it. And you can en enjoy me if like, I'm an enjoyable person, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so a couple of things. The one time it really hits me, like when I really think about it and start being, I wouldn't say sad, but like, it just, it's really in the forefront of my mind is like when we have to do our, li our living will and testament yeah. or our, our last will and testament. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but like when you start sitting down and you're like, okay, like you're building out trust funds and you're, um, just talking about like like where would our who would take care of the kids if something were to happen to us while we were still young enough you know while they're dependent on us and man in those moments and you know I think I don't know I googled it one time I'm gonna google it real quick while I'm talking but I think it's pretty uncommon for people to have a will yes I do most Americans create yeah. a will I think most people don't and I think the majority of people in the military that do have one is because they were forced to do, make one yes. at a certain point in time. So, 
Under 20% of adults under the age of 30 have a living will. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know, but if you're under 30, like, unless you're this mega rich person, chances no. are there's not. But I mean, when you think about it, like, there are, and I won't say like few, or I won't give like a statistic or anything, but um, there is a vast majority of Americans under the age of 30 who have children. Yes, but the chances are, the chances are the majority of them, most of them, they don't have that many assets to their name. Yeah. Right? Or their their children are pretty are pretty young. Yeah. So So there's more statistics here. It's like si- only 67 or 67% of Americans have no estate plan. And uh, there are about 46% and that's a pretty high percentage. About 46% of adults over the age of 65 have a will and testament. So you're talking like in the last 30 years of life, only half of people have a will. Yeah, that's crazy. It's scary. I don't even think mine's up to date. I need to update mine. <laughs> yeah. It's, but you know, it, do- it does. It like, it's a morbid thought process to go through and create a will. It is. I Just, hate it. Like, it's, a, it's a reality check. It really is. Because like, you don't know what's going to happen from here on out. Like you can't predict the future you don't anything can really happen and it just but you know i think like when people hear will they immediately think like money like money and assets yeah um but there's so much more to it than that like especially if you have kids like who's gonna take care of your kids where where is their damn birth certificate you know like like if i were to go and tell braylon right now like Braylon, where's your birth certificate? No idea. She can't even keep up with her damn ID or debit card. <laughs> yeah. She loses everything, you know? But, like, I think people don't have a will. And then if something happens to you, if it's an accident, if you pass away, like, all of that stuff is just, like, a burden that you're putting on someone else in addition to the fact that they just lost you. Yeah. Whereas if you do – so I'm a huge proponent of having wills. If you can't tell, like, I feel like if you don't have one, you should probably go get a will ASAP. But, um, but you think like, like if you and I are going to pick up the kids and something crazy happens and we both pass away and it's just like, okay, who's going to take our kids? Where is their important documentation? How are they going to get money? How are they going to get to that person? Um, there's just so many unknowns. And I feel like when you leave all of that unknown and you're like, oh, I'll be gone. Like, it won't be my problem. Like, People who are going to have to take care of those problems, and I don't, I say problems, that your children aren't problems, but take care of your kids or like all the problems that are going to lead up to them acquiring your kids. Um, you're putting just an unnecessary burden on them along with the fact that like they just lost you too. So it's not that like, yeah. even if there, there's assets involved, yeah. um, like first off the kids, like people would probably fight for them. Yes. Like, no, I want the kids. No, I want the kids. And then it becomes a custody battle. And there's, uh, uh, and that's there's without nothing to say. Though, yeah. yeah. And that's without adding the assets and, and like money portion and all that. And then if there are assets, like it's up for grabs. Yeah. It's up for grabs. And then people are after it left and right. And, and it can be tied up forever. Right. So if like, I always tie it back to having kids because we do have kids, you know? And so like, if something were to happen to us, not only like would people fight about having the kids like you can go back i don't know what episode it is but we have a episode that talks about us being a blended family episode 10 episode 10 and um like one of the huge things that just like oh man it just like i literally lose sleep about this is if something were to happen would our kids still be able to see each other and communicate um because you know like braylon would obviously go live with her dad because that is her biological parent. Um, Elena and Alice would go to whoever we have set as their custodial parent. But like, would those two meet so that the kids could see each yeah. other? You know, and that's a hard thought to like to think about a hard process to go through. Um, and then you you add in money like life insurance. You find out you're getting a million, half a million, two million, however much money, and it's like oh. 
I may not want the kid, but like I'm going to fight to get that kid because all that money's coming with it, you know? Yep. And so it's just a, man, it's a like those hard. And those are some of the thoughts that you have when you're filling out the will and you're yes. like, fuck man, these people suck. Like, uh, like this person would fight for money. Like, oh man, that fucking sucks. And you don't want to think about people that way, but then it's a reality check. Like you really have to think about, um, you really have to think about who would, <laughs> you really have to think about who would be wrong for this whole situation. Yeah. And then think about really like the threats. So yeah. having that paperwork squared away is the best way to mitigate all of that shit. So, <laughs> I know we're going like down a rabbit hole, but I'm yeah. gonna continue going down this rabbit hole because I just have like thoughts on it. Yeah, hey, I prefaced it with at the beginning of the podcast. We'll probably go on one of our rants or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think every family has like issues that they have to work through, right? Yes. We have. If ma- you don't, you're a liar. Yeah. So I won't say we have like major issues, but we definitely have concerns that don't hit every family right so like one for us is we're a blended family we just talked about that like that's a big issue for us another issue for us is our children are biracial and so when we look at our will and testament we're like okay like what if we pick someone on my side of the family right then they lose all their hispanic qualities um and they lose that culture and heritage of growing up right but then if we give them to somebody on your side of the family they lose my side of the family. Yeah, and so person. it's it's just a, a battle. And and that's like another issue that we have to work through that maybe not everybody has to think about, you know. And so if you do have this issue, I caution you to think through all that as you're filling out your will. I hope you do that. But Yeah. And yeah, these are just a lot of the thoughts that go, they get put into when you're, when you do fill out a will and testament. And it's just, you got to think about all of it. Yes. The, uh, the good the bad the ugly like, yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's definitely um it's a it's a hard look to it's a hard thought process to go through but also like something that i think is necessary especially when you tie it back into like this blog post and when it's like you really just don't have that much time yeah, yeah. you you don't like our time on this earth is minuscule in the grand scheme of things like it's nothing it's a not even a blip on the radar of time if that makes any sense like we you're here you're around here for not that long and so like the cheesy the the cheesy thing is like just make the most of your time right don't have any of those regrets but it's it's hard like how do you apply that to every day life it's it's not an easy thing like yes you can work towards taking control of your time but it's it's easier said than done like Mm -hmm. we're still in the military like it's not something that we can just put in our two weeks and then quit and then go do whatever it is we want like we're we're signed up we have to show up or there's consequences like getting thrown in jail or something (laughs) like that paying fines and then we need money to survive, to buy, live in, or like a place to live, food, clothing, all the basic necessities, right? So how do you just up and leave? I don't know. I think I was like just looking up this research right now while while you were talking, but oh, so you weren't paying attention. I was paying attention, (laughs) but what I was gonna say is like, and I am a huge culprit of this, um, and so like I feel it, but. I feel like as we grow older, there will be times where we will take the blame for lacking communication on ourselves. You know what I mean? Like whether that be with your parents or your grandparents or your siblings, like you'd be like, maybe if I did a better job, maybe if I reached out more, maybe like I should be the one, maybe they don't call me because I don't call them. You know, like you, you will somehow twist it to where you will take the blame for that lack of communication. And I've been there, like I've done it, you know, to where I'd be like, okay, every single Sunday, no matter what, I'm going to call every single person in my family and talk to them. Like once a week, I'm going to make that time um, to talk to my dad, my mom, my grandma, my siblings, yada, yada. But you know what? It gets fucking exhausting. Yes, it does. It gets so exhausting putting that responsibility on yourself, knowing that the other person is not putting in the same effort. 
And so it's like, okay, I've gone through stints where I'm like, I'm just not going to talk to anybody until they call me. And I've gone months, months without talking to somebody because I wasn't the one who reached out. And it really, like, yes, there's such a lack of time, but also it's like a, why should I be the only, like, the only one putting forth this effort? So I was looking it up, like, how often do people communicate with their parents as adults that live far away? So this says um, 94% of people say they only talk to their parents once a month on the phone. Dang, that is like very small. Uh, 27% said once a week they text their parents. And I just think like as, as you grow older, it's like you get into this weird like stage of life where it's like yes I know time is a fleeting thing I want to talk to my siblings my parents my grandparents my friends whatever the case may be but I feel like people just get exhausted feeling like they're the only one so I go through like this cycle of where I'm like you know what it's probably my fault like I probably haven't called enough I probably haven't texted I need to like reach out and then I'll like make it a point to do it and then I'll get like really exhausted by being the only person who's doing it and then when we do talk it's like meaningless conversations (laughs) yeah like how are you yeah the kid's birthday was last week work sucks we're about to move yada yada you know and then we'll go through the motions and then okay talk to you later um and then I just won't talk to them to my family, I'm saying this personally, I won't talk to my family for an extended period of time just because I'll be like so tired of being that the only person who reaches out. And then I'll get into another stint where I'm like, dang, like I don't have that much more times to be able to talk to them. <laughs> like, I know I haven't been to visit in this long. Um, and it just wears on you and it's like a constant just cycle of yeah, you can't win. It's and you root how you really can't because it's it at, at the end of the day it is on you like do you want to or do you not like no matter the shit that they're doing or not putting in any effort like I think it boils down to do you want to talk to them or do you want to see them or do you want them to basically be a part of your life right? I think that's all it boils down to which is the whole reason why we take trips to to El Paso, to Tennessee, because, like, we want them to be a part of our lives, because we don't go there for, like, as a vacation for (laughs) fun and leisure, like, people take vacations to wherever it is their destination is going to be, we go back to see family, right, so, because we want that, and, yeah, we could put it on them, but, at the end of the day, it's, it's what we want, I guess, yeah, it's, it's the just, best way I could put it. I think, I mean, you and I have had these conversations before, but it's like, even when we do go back to see like our family, yes, they're our family and we're seeing them, but it's almost like we're an outsider to the family. So it's like the kids, yes, they're grandkids, yes, they're cousins, nieces and nephews or whatever, but it's like, yes, yeah, you're our grandkid, but like, you're like the step grandkid. <laughs> and that sounds terrible, but it's like when you see your other grandkids or your other nieces and nephews almost weekly and you see these ones maybe once a year, you just don't have that same relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the fact of the matter. Like they're just closer. Yeah. Like, And it's just a matter of proximity, right? Like you're you're uh, close to this person on a daily basis. You see them on a daily basis. There's more that you can connect with. You know, they're just basically a part of your daily life. So, I mean, it sucks, but that's just part of it. It's like friends. Uh, and this happens a lot in the military. Like you become really good friends with somebody that you that you work with, that you're assigned with. And you talk, you talk, you talk, have good times, whatever. And then you PCS, you move to a different base and you're no longer like you don't have that daily interaction, like you're still friends, um, like you still communicate every once in a while, but it's not like how it used to be on a daily basis where you shared everything, where you laughed about everything, where you were just the closest as you could be. And and then you form that friendship or bond with, with somebody else 
at your next assignment. Yeah. Uh, I think there are like very few people in the military that I've like stayed in touch with and very close with through the span of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very few people. And like you said, like you just make, you meet those new people. And even when you do, I think the military is a unique situation where like, and you just wrote a blog post about this, but like you form such strong bonds with people so rapidly and then you're so close with them for like a four year, five year period that even when you're apart, you can rekindle that relationship yeah. very quickly. Yeah. You, you pick up, it's almost like you pick up right where you left off and there was no break in time is what it feels like when you recon- reconnect with those people like Tillman, yeah. uh, like Ortiz or like the friends that I grew up with, like when we went to go visit Eric and then every time like uh, I talked to Eddie or when we saw each other, the last time we saw each other was in Germany. So like when we caught up with each other, it's like Eddie was my best friend. We grew up together. So every time we see each other, it's like the very next day. Yeah. Like we never lived years apart. Like we, like we didn't have all these life events. We just, we pick up to being Eddie and Robbie. Like, yeah. And it's just like with everybody else. So we just, you just pick up where you left off and then you, you have fun, you converse, you share some memories and then it's back to your life. If, yeah. if, if you're not like living in the same place or you're not working in the same place, it's just back to, cause what we saw Ortiz, um, last year, what, like well, fall, March, so, no uh, spring. Oh, spring. Like some, so sometime, mm-hmm. And we reconnected and we just picked up where we left off and we were having a good time. And then after that day was over, it was like, well, back to reality. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like back to reality, back to life. That's uh, back to life, back to reality. It just hit me. That's cool. Uh, Sorry. Uh, But yeah, like it was just back to to the norm. It was great. But yeah, and I I did just write a blog post about that like i wish i could connect with my friends a lot more and have those like uh face-to-face connections it's just life is tough it's tough to we have our own things going on yeah i think so the military again is just a unique situation where like you may part from someone but there's a good chance you're gonna bump into them somewhere along the way like down the road um so like Tillman, for example, we haven't lived in the same place since 2016. 2016. But I mean, even before that, we, we kind of, um, we hadn't like really talked since like 2014, 2015 or something like that. Oh, excuse me. I just burped. Yeah. So like we'll say 2015 and now we're moving to where they're stationed at now. So we'll be in the same place with them. And like when we went down to, uh, Florida a few weeks ago. Well, I guess a few months ago now. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. A few months um, ago. Like we just hung out and it was, it wasn't weird. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's um, just normal. So, yeah. Like everything around you has changed. Like he has his family. He has his, his place. He has like the new, the environment is new. Some of the people are new. Same thing with us. Like, and, but that connection between the two is the same yeah and uh like we still we still joked around the the way we used to joke around and yeah it's just it just takes um i guess it just takes intention to do that like wait the time to actually uh spend with that person but intentionally like get face i don't know what i'm trying to say no yeah i think it's just like an effort on everybody's part yeah um or intention as you put it but i just think that people so often get caught up in their own lives that you don't really like take that moment to really think about like you know when they're asking me to come visit and i say no it could be one of the 15 times i have left to visit them yeah yeah or if if someone wants to come visit and I say, oh, we have plans, I may be taking away one of those 10 times I have left to see that person. Yeah. I mean, um, and when you look at it like that, it's like, it really makes you prioritize what's important in your life. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the hope, right? Yeah. Because our memories suck and we quickly forget 
and I mean there are times that it's just super inconvenient you know like and that's not to say you should push off or like or change your life or anything but like for us when we move to Florida we will get there in June June time frame so whenever the military decides they're going to deliver our things to us it could be any date within a time span right but then people are like oh well we're going to come on vacation to Florida the second week in June what are you going to be doing well hopefully having a fucking couch to sit on (laughs) but if you tell people like hey like we're going to pass because like we don't even have our belongings we're living off of an air mattress or we're living out of a hotel or whatever the case may be um you may you may be scratching one of those times. Yeah, but that doesn't mean like you can't, like you can't cut out some time. Oh, for sure. To just see see each other, right, or say hi, just like we did with Eric. Like we were in El Paso for a couple of days, and like, and I had texted him. I was like, "Hey, man, haven't seen you in a while. Like, I just want to drop by and say hi." And we did that. We dropped by. I mean, the visit was only like fifteen twenty minutes. But really, like, that's all that was needed for a connection yeah. with with your friend, right? And it could be like that. And so trying to put, like, all these expectations of, like, hey, it needs to be this fantastic dinner or this party or yeah. this get-together. Like, no, man, just get face-to-face. Like, hey, I'm going to be at this store uh, because I need to pick up these things. Um, like, if you're there or you're nearby – like I'll swing by or you come by the store, say hi, shake hands, yeah. crack a joke and then take off. Like th- it doesn't need to be this big, gigantic, spectacular thing, like throwing a party to just make a face to face connection. Yep. And we kind of did the same thing with Tillman. We just dropped by, said, hi, what's up? Hugged. And then uh, I grabbed his ass and we bounced. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, establish a connection it doesn't need to be and that was like my thing on the blog post you just need to establish those connections yeah we all live in different cities but when you get the chance like do it and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to do it with so many people because i wish i could have done it with all my friends back home but it's it's just hard i think it's um and then it just goes back to like to what i was talking about it's if you're constantly the one making the effort sometimes it's just like you go through those stages of life where you're like oh, i just want to go see my parents or whatever reason I'm here. And then like, if something else happens, it happens, you know, but I think it's getting away from that and being intentional and like, Hey, this, like, I want to foster this connection or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So yeah, you're running out of time folks. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Make, (laughs) make the most of the time. I mean, this dude, uh, Tim Urban, he listed at the bottom, like he, he bolds it. Um, so the things that were kind of, when he took away these things, or the importance that he took away these things were three three ideas, which was basically living in the same place as the people you love really matters. Um, priorities matter and quality time matters. Uh, so those were the three things that he took away, which it makes sense for us. Like living in the same place is really not an option right now because we decided to stay in the military. Prior- priorities, so we try to prioritize as best we can. Uh, maybe we could refine those quality quality time um so quality time for me is different as maybe as what other people see quality time so like an example for me with the kids i i really enjoy the shit out of just watching their kid watching the kids in like their own their own little world when they're playing or where they're joking around or where they're like concentrating or something and like not necessarily like hey you have to be uh you have to be hugging me or i have to take you to the zoo to enjoy this thing um but just the simple little things it uh who referenced it Ryan Holiday, he he sent out a blog post and he called it garbage time. I guess he got it off of Jerry Seinfeld. But the garbage time is more of like my quality time. If that makes any sense mm-hmm. on that rant that I went. So when the when our kids are just... Just like being present. Yeah. And you're able to enjoy, enjoy them being them. Mm-hmm. But you're still in the same room. Uh, yeah. All that to say just being present. <laughs> yeah. I think... Um... 
and I know like there is there will be many people who disagree with me, so like just roll with it. But um, I think people get so caught up in moments that are important but don't matter, if that makes sense. Um, Please explain that you you miss out on quality time, right? So I would rather go on like a field trip with the kids and spend time with like uh spend time with them and like their friends then okay before I preface this I would love to do both but if I did not have the choice to do both I would rather like go on a field trip or be in a class party or something where I'm like physically present and I can be with them than like sitting in the audience of 500 people while they sit on stage and yeah. sing a Christmas carol. Yeah. Uh, and you know, people get wrapped up in like, oh, this is like, they're doing a performance. This is a huge moment. But like, yes, it's important that you be there and show them that like you're there to support them. But in the same time, like what quality moment are you getting out of that? Other than like being in an audience of 500 people. Yeah. You know, so, so I would rather like be present in the moments for like that quality time than the quantity of like, yes, I was there, but like, you're not ever going to remember that, like, you're never going to remember that in second grade, you stood on stage and sang a Christmas carol and mom wasn't there. Yeah. But you will remember that you did a freaking live museum that we helped you study for every single day and we walked up and interacted with you there like you will have that memory right and so i think that um i think people get really caught up in those big moments like oh they have a christmas recital or oh they have this or that like i need to be there in the audience and they and you miss out on the moments that actually matter where you're going to interact with your child and they're going to make those memories of you interacting so yes like by all means i want to do both of those but given the choice like if i have to miss tuesday or thursday i would miss the one that like i'm just there to be there by like interaction yeah same i think the same uh and i i have like the perfect example for this so it's a it's called i don't know what it's called but it's a cheerio story and how man it's sad when i heard it and I can't remember what book I, I heard it from, but this little girl, she lost her mom. Oh, oh it's an Oprah Winfrey book. Um, what happened to you? I think is what it's called. Anyways, she talks about this story where this little girl, she lost her mom to cancer. Um, and she asked her like, what do you remember or what's a memory that you cherish most about your mom? And uh, you would think like it was this story about how they took this trip to wherever. Um, but she said the most, the thing I really remember, um, we were on vacation. Cool. Started like that. Um, but it wasn't the vacation itself that she really like remembers. It was important to her. It was in the middle of the night. She got really hungry. So she got up and got some Cheerios and her mom joined her uh, to eat those Cheerios and they like had a conversation or whatever it is that they did. They just spent some time together. And she's like, that's the the fondest memory that I have of my mom during that trip or during that time span or whatever. Mm. And I was like, those are really like the garbage moments. Those are the being present moments, right? Mm. Where that's re- that is really quality time. Mm. Not the trip itself, not a vacation, not none of that, but like that moment where you were just connecting with your kid yeah. or you were able to enjoy your kid and your the child was able to enjoy her mom like I, yeah I mean that's that's fair that's how I feel and I know people like oh like you need to be there for the big moments and all that and I I agree like you should to the max extent possible but like some of those moments like whether you're there or whether you're not like your kid is going to do their thing you yeah. know it's just yes, they want to see you in the crowd and by all means, like you should go to as many of those as possible. But I definitely think like the time where you get that, that one-on-one or just any kind of interaction with your kid to me is far more important than like, for example, this was a long time ago. Um, like Michael had a presentation about like some Spartan thing. I don't remember. Do you remember the thing I'm talking about? No. He had to like write a a paper about Spartans and he basically had to make like a shield and a spear to go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um 
And I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to him presenting that next day because I had like pre-deployment training or something, but you were going to be there. So like for my quality time, it was the night before, like spending those hours with him, building the shield, building the spear, writing the paper, like those hours that we sat at the table and like laughed and glued and did all the things together. Um, like while I really wanted to be at the performance, like that meant more to me than like watching him stand on the stage and talk, like read his paper. Yep. Um, and I don't know. That's just kind of where I go with that. And I know a lot of people disagree, but those are Holly's thoughts. No. And, <laughs> and I'm right there with you. I think, I, I think the same thing. Like those, those are really the money makers. Those are, that's the quality time. Um, that's really going to sink into your memories to the kids memories like yeah. Dallas she did the same thing she had a, a performance where she was uh, Queen Elizabeth yeah. but I guarantee you when she looks back uh, on on that like it's not going to be the performance um, when she presented her speech it's going to be the going to the store to Goodwill to find that dress looking for the blue sh- sash putting together an outfit uh, practicing night after night her speech with us like yeah. those are going to be her core memories of that that's fair though and and those are the time uh, that's the time that she really enjoyed yeah. i i would i can almost guarantee it yeah i mean and it's it's the same like Oh, I know. I just get so frustrated with our kids all the time because that's just who I am as a person. Like, I get easily frustrated with things, but um, it's like the the moment where I'll, like, just go sit in bed and I'm like, okay, I'm going to read. Like, y'all have 10 minutes before bedtime. And then within, like, two minutes, all the girls are, like, laying in bed with me. I'm like, damn, I just want to read. But at the same time, it's like those moments where they're just, like, in the room, like, laying down, like, poking fun at each other and doing their little giggles like those are the yeah. moments where like i hope they grow up and remember you know like, yeah and they will so yeah. yeah i mean that's why i want and dallas hasn't done it in a long time but that's why i like when she sleeps in the bed oh, with us like <laughs> most of our most of the the kids growing up they didn't spend any time in the bed with us every once in a while they would crawl into our bed but it was rare with dallas like she did it a lot more and we let it slide and it's because, at least from my point of view, it's like this is the last time that yeah. we're going to have, like, one of our babies just uh, sleeping in bed with us. And although I knew it was like, man, sleep is going to suck tonight because one of the kids is in bed. But I was, my thought process was like, this is going to be, I want to cherish this as much as I can because I know soon enough they're not going to want any of this. But, you know, I think, like, the big crux with Dallas, and Dallas is still just like – like, yes, she's eight, but, like, she's she'll be my baby forever, right? So, um, like, Elena's 10 and Dallas is eight, and they both have their own rooms with queen-size beds in them, but they sleep together every night. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, thinking back, like, me and Ashley were like that. Like, we were always just together, so we would just be, like, hanging out, doing whatever, playing on the computer, but we would always end up, like, in the same room at nighttime. Um, and so to see Elena and Dallas do it, it's like, it gets me right in my feels. But, um, I think like that's a big reason to like why Dallas doesn't come to our room as often is because she's just with Elena already. So it's like not a, it's, she was, when she was in her room by herself, she would come to our bed a lot more. But now that she's just with Elena from the get, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) like my big sister's here. That's all I need. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. I think, uh. It's about time to wrap it up. Let's stop it there. We're well, at fine a, then. We're I was at, done talking anyway. I know you were. We're at an hour. So got to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, biggest takeaway is like there's not as much time as you think there is. So take advantage where you, cre- where you can. Um, enjoy the quality time, the garbage time. Um, connect with people, family, friends, as much as you can. Face-to-face connections are always the best. Whether it's a minute or an entire day just just do it just do it reach out to people um yeah that's it you have any wrap-up don't say the catchphrase no i don't have any wrap-up just um if you want to know what we're talking about it's w-a-i-t-b-u-t-w-h-y.com 
So wait, but why? Because I spelled it like wait, as in like you're a fatty, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't find it. But it's like yeah. it's Tim. It's Tim Urban. Yeah. Uh, wait, but why is his website? And uh, there's a th- bunch of stuff on there too. Yeah, he he posts a bunch of th- so whole ordeal. But the post is called the tail end, um, and it just breaks down. It it visualizes the time that you have left. Um, so go and check it out. It's pretty awesome. Uh, also check out tools. Of, of Titans from Tim Ferriss, if you haven't already. Don't win uh, the pages. It's pretty badass. Hey, fold them, ride them, ride in them, tear them if it. you need to. That's what it's for. No. Uh, all right. Other than that, I have nothing for you other than go check out the website, villehousepodcast.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. You'll get all the updates and you'll see the blog posts. I've been keeping up with the blog posts, so check it out. Um, we have a Facebook now, so go in there. Uh, I'm posting the updates in there as well. Uh, follow us, heart everything, and then uh, that means sp- like for uh, those of you who yes. actually social media. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I got used to because Dal says give it a little heart. Um, <laughs> and then don't forget to give us a five star review on Spotify and App- Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the podcast. This is awesome. We appreciate y'all, babes. What? Say it. We hit 10,000 episodes, <laughs> or no, not episodes, definitely not episodes. Yeah. 10,000 listens. Down, downloads. Downloads, that's Boom. what I said. Yeah. That's a all big right. number. Yeah, it is. All right, that's all I got. Peace out, Cub Scouts. All right, peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see you all next week. Later. Later.